Well, after those six amazing testimonies uh, from the youth who were just baptized this morning, I probably don't need to say much more, do I? (laughs) Um, But I did want to just share a brief reflection this morning, um, a message for us, and, uh, and it's a message actually that is that's wrapping up and finishing the sermon series that we've been going through throughout the summer. Uh, the sermon series I've been preaching on walking with Jesus, and, and, and especially because I believe that today's passage connects very directly with what we've just witnessed, what we've just been a part of, is the baptism of these six youth. Um, the past two Sundays, Pastor Brandon uh, preached two great messages in uh, this series from Mark chapter 9 um, as he continued that series. But uh, for this final message in the series, I'm actually going to be going back to Mark chapter 7, to the passage that I was planning to preach on August 22nd when we were going to have the baptisms. Um, again, because I think that passage connects so deeply with what we're, what we're doing today. And so just to, to kind of remind you of the context of the passage I'm going to read in just a minute, the passage just before this is when Jesus traveled to a a Gentile, non-Jewish area in the vicinity of Tyre, and he healed a Gentile woman, uh, the daughter of a Gentile woman, who showed bold humility. We we talked about that in that message. This is several weeks back. Um, But one of the things to, to, to remember about that healing is that Jesus healed that daughter from afar. She wasn't even there with him, but he spoke a word that he, she was going to be healed from demon possession and, and, the, and the daughter of that Gentile Syrophoenician woman was healed. Um, and so in today's passage, which follows directly after that one, Jesus travels to another Gentile area, but in this passage, he heals someone else, but this time, he doesn't do it from afar. He gets actually very up close and personal with the person that he's going to heal. And we're going to look at, at, at that, the significance of that. Um, and at the very end of this passage, we're going we're to hear that, that the people from that area, from this Gentile community, were overwhelmed with amazement, and they proclaim this message. They say that Jesus has done everything well. And so that is my, um, the, the, the title of my, my message today is All Things Well, that Jesus does all things well. Um, and we're going to be looking at how this passage points to that fact, that Jesus does all things well, and how it specifically connects to what we just witnessed today of, of the gift of baptism. So our text today is from Mark chapter 7, uh, verses 31 through 37. And so hear God's word to us this morning. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis, which again is a Gentile region. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed 
with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you again for the, the, the joyous opportunity to witness the baptism of these six young people. And as we, as we listen to what your word would have to say to us today of how you do all things well and, and even to help us understand more fully this, this gift of baptism uh, that you would open our ears today to give us ears to, to hear and then open our mouths to speak of you in response. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing I want to highlight in this passage today is that Jesus can work through physical means. Jesus can work through physical means. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the passage just before this one, Jesus heals a Gentile woman's daughter from afar. That, that he heals her just with a word and she is healed. Um, he isn't even in her physical presence when he heals her. And there are other times where Jesus does something similar. He just speaks a word of healing and the person is healed. But then there are other times, like in today's passage, where Jesus performs a, a healing in a very physical way. When he uses physical means to heal them. Um, in our passage, a group of people bring to Jesus this man who is deaf and who could hardly talk. And they beg Jesus to put his hand on the man. Right? They ask Jesus to do something physical, to touch him with his hand, to heal him. And so Jesus, he takes the man aside, apart from the crowd. Um, he's not interested in doing a miraculous thing to show off before everybody else around here. What he is interested in is having a personal connection with this man. So he pulls him away from the crowd and he looks at this man and he heals him in a very physical kind of way. Verse 33 says, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, then he spit and he touched the man's tongue. So Jesus physically touches the man's ears he touches his tongue. He touches the parts of his body that weren't working properly. And Jesus spits. <laughs> he spits. Later on in Mark 8, Jesus heals a blind man by spitting on the man's eyes and, and, and putting his hands on them. He spits and makes some, some mud another time where he heals a blind man. So Jesus isn't afraid to get a little gross, maybe. You know, he's going he's gonna to spit. Um, but what this shows is that Jesus, he sometimes chooses to use very physical means to accomplish healing in people's lives. And guess what? Jesus instituted two very physical acts through which he works in people's lives today. One of them is what we just saw, baptism. It is a physical act. The other one is what we're going to participate a little bit later in the service, the Lord's Supper, communion. It is a physical act. Baptism is applying water to a person's body. All of you guys who were baptized, right? There was something physical going on there as water was dripping down your hair and, 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 and as I placed my hand on, on you to, to pray a blessing upon you. And, and scripture speaks of God using this physical act of baptism 
as a means of accomplishing a spiritual reality in a person's life. In Romans 6, that, that Brandon read earlier in our baptism service, the Apostle Paul talks about baptism connecting us to Jesus' death on the cross and to all the benefits that come because of his death. In Galatians 3, the, the word that I spoke to each of them is that, that Paul says that all who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ, have been clothed with Christ. In Acts 2, Paul tells the story of his own conversion and how this man Ananias told him to get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Scripture talks about baptism as, as it's not just this physical act, but that there's something spiritual happening there in the midst of this physical act. So is there something magical about, about this water? There's something magical there? No, no. It's just water, right? The water is water. But the water, when it's connected to the word of God, when it's connected to the promises of God, the words that Jesus told us to speak, to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God chooses to work through this physical means to bring new life and blessing to the person who receives it. In our passage, Jesus doesn't only touch the man's ears and touch his, his tongue. He also speaks. And in verse 34, we read, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephetha, which means be opened. And it is after he speaks this word that the man's ears are opened and his tongue is loosened. So Jesus uses this physical means, the physical touch, but he connects it with his word. And it's the word that brings the healing. It's the word that accomplishes the power. And in baptism, the same thing happens. God uses this physical means of water and he connects it to his powerful word to bring spiritual life and blessings to the one who receives it. Now, the second thing I want to highlight in this passage is that Jesus opens our ears and then our tongues. Um, throughout this passage, it's, it's kind of a, a small detail, but Jesus, he first deals with the ears, and then he deals with the tongue. So he, he first touches the man's ears, and then he touches his tongue. In verse 35, we read at this, the man's ears were opened, his, and then his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. So Mark records the opening of the ears first, and then the loosening of the tongue. Now, this might seem like kind of a small detail, but I believe that it actually points to a deeper spiritual reality that Jesus opens our ears to hear God's word first, and then he loosens our tongues to speak about what God has done for us. And, and that's exactly what has happened in the lives of the six young people who are baptized today. And over the course of, of several weeks last spring, they, they heard God's word. They listened as Pastor Brandon and I taught them from God's word as, as we spoke about the problem of our sin and, and God's solution of sending Jesus to die on the cross for them and how we receive that gift of salvation through faith, through trusting in Jesus and how we are invited then to be baptized into Christ. And so God opened their ears to understand, to hear and understand what he'd done for them and then we asked them to write down what God had done for them. And then to speak today 
right? To speak with their tongues, with their voices of what God has done for them. God loosened their tongues to speak about him to us today. Now, I know that was not the easiest thing to do today, was it? Right? It's not easy to, to, to speak in public before a group of people. There's always a, a little saying that says that, 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 that there's a study done where people are, are actually more afraid of public speaking than dying. So at a funeral, they would rather be the one in the casket than the one giving a eulogy. <laughs> so public speaking can be hard. It can be challenging. But you guys did it. God opened your mouth, and you spoke about what God has done in your life, and we are all benefited from that. The third and final thing that I want to highlight from this passage, God can use physical means to do healing. He opens our ears, and then he opens our mouths to speak. And the third thing is that when we witness Jesus' healing, we can't keep it in. We can't keep it in. After Jesus heals this man, the people who had witnessed it, they couldn't keep it in. They had to tell other people about what Jesus had done. Now, in this instance, Jesus actually tells them not to tell anyone. Did you catch that? This is something we see actually in different parts of the Gospels where there are the moments where Jesus tells the person he's healed not to say anything to anybody. He doesn't want people to spread the news about him. There's different explanations for this, the most, most of which focus on the fact that that in the midst of Jesus' ministry, he didn't want himself to be known primarily as just a miracle worker. He didn't want his mission to get bogged down with these huge crowds coming just to see more miracles. Sometimes he was wanting to do something that was very private, intimate with, with, with the healing. But the thing I want to focus on here is that even though Jesus tells them not to tell anybody, they can't help it. They can't keep it in. They can't keep it to themselves. They feel compelled to tell others about it. Verse 37 says, People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Now, that's a reference actually to the scripture reading that, that Hoywing read earlier from Isaiah 35 that, that speaks about the ears of the deaf being unstopped and the mute tongue shouting for joy when God comes to his people. And the people, they saw evidence that that was what was happening here with Jesus opening the ears of this man and opening his tongue that, that here they were seeing Isaiah's prophecy be fulfilled that God had come to be with them. And, and they proclaimed that Jesus has done everything well. This might actually be a reference back to the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1 when God sees everything he's created and he says, it is very good. He's done all things well. And here they recognize that as they see Jesus doing this with this man, they see this, this isn't just a human being. No, this is God coming to open the ears and open the mouth. He has done everything well. He has done everything very good. So my question for you is, are we like these people? That when we see Jesus work in our lives or in the life of someone else, do we feel this compulsion to share it with someone, to talk about it, or do we keep it inside? Back then, Jesus wanted the people to keep things quiet for a period of time for a particular reason, but guess what? After Jesus rose from the dead, he told the disciples, 
go and make disciples of all nations, right? We heard that passage read earlier too. At the end of Mark's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Jesus doesn't want us to keep quiet about him now. Now he unleashes us to go and share this good news with people. And yet sometimes, what do we do? We do the exact opposite of what these people do. Jesus says, go, and we say, ah, I don't think I want to go. (laughs) I don't know if I want to say anything. We experience God's work in our lives, or we see him at work in someone else's life, but we keep it to ourselves. Well, guess what? Today, we all witnessed God's powerful work. We heard about God's powerful work in the lives of those six young people We heard them speak about God's work in their lives. We witnessed Jesus bringing new life and blessings into their lives through the gift of baptism. And now each of us is invited to share that with others around us. So I have a challenge for you today. My challenge is for you to think of someone in your life who's not a believer in Christ, who you could tell sometime this week about what happened in our worship service today. To just simply tell them that, you know, this past Sunday at my church, six youth were baptized. And it was such a great thing. It was such a wonderful time of celebration. And they, and they shared their story about what God had done in their lives. And for the six of you who are baptized today, I want you to think about maybe someone in your life who's not a Christian, and maybe to tell them that you got baptized this past Sunday, to share that with someone. And I can almost guarantee that if you do that, if you tell someone, they're going to have some questions, right? They might ask, what is baptism? What does that mean? Or why why were they baptized? And guess what? Those questions may give you the opportunity to speak about Jesus, to speak about the fact that he does all things well. That Jesus wants to wash us clean, to give us new life. And who knows, maybe you might even have the chance to invite that person to consider that Jesus might want to give them new life and wash them clean as well. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you do all things well. We thank you that you are the God who brings cleansing to us who are sinners. You are the God who raises those who are dead in our sins to new life. You're the God who works in different ways in different people's lives, but you work through physical means. You work through the waters of baptism. You give us the gift of the Lord's Supper, the bread and the cup that we'll be partaking of in just a moment, Lord, and and you nourish us spiritually through these physical means. and, And Lord, you open our ears and you open our mouths and you invite us to speak, to share about the work that you've done in our lives and to share about the work that you've done in other people's lives around us. And so we pray that even this week, God, you would send us to people around us to speak about your goodness, whether that's speaking about these baptisms that we witnessed today or or something else you may lay, lay on our heart so that others too would come to see you and know you and trust in you, that they too would experience that healing in their lives as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.